Hi everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Road Trip. We'll also be talking about all the changes to the release schedule. Uh, for, and we'll be talking about some other new stuff that's going to be coming to Disney Plus. Uh, but before we get into that, a quick bit of housekeeping. If you haven't already done so, make sure you do subscribe to the YouTube channel or to the audio platforms as well. You can find us on like Spotify, etc. Also, a huge shout out to all of our patrons where you can support us from as little as a dollar a month. You get access to an exclusive video each week where I answer your questions and also go through what's trending on Disney+. And also, uh, we, there's a special like bonus kind of episode that we do every now and again as well. So I think in this week, we're going to be uh, we're talking about Atlantis. So just going to do a big shout out to Seth, Jacob, Sarah, Joshua, The Juice, uh, What's on Netflix, Andrew, and also Julie for all of your support. As you can say, um, this really does make all of the difference with everyone helping out and doing that. It does um, really help with all the costs of running the podcast, etc. So, James, let's jump into it. Rogue Trip. Uh, what did you think of this new series that you've seen so far? So I've seen two episodes so far. I, I picked them at random. Um, I, I did episode two and episode five, which is uh, Papua New Guinea and uh, Lebanon, respectively. And I have to say, overall, I enjoyed them both very much. Uh, I do have a couple quibbles with the series, but on the whole, really well done. It was great to see these places in a different light, especially Lebanon, because at least here in the States, whenever that comes on to the, uh, the news cycle or whatever, it's always about you know a drone getting shot down or, or bombs or stuff like that. So getting to see it in a different context was, was really good. And it's well-produced. Not sure how much I like the younger one of the hosts, but minor issue. Yeah, so um, I watched two episodes early in the week because I did have access to a couple episodes a little bit early. That's why the reviews went up on Monday. And I did watch another two episodes last night. So I've still got two more to go. Um, I enjoyed it. This was exactly what I was looking for. Was I like travel shows. I like documentary shows. There's a couple of things in this one was a little bit ishy, iffy, but lots of it I enjoyed. Like I said, the locations, nice to see them going to places people don't go. Also, getting you know, like... Uh, getting away from the whole idea of that, you know, this whole thing of there are different things going on in these countries, you know, sometimes, especially from like, and you definitely see this in one of the episodes where they talk about, you know, only being, only going somewhere because of the war and, and never really kind of getting to see the country on its good terms of being a tourist. And I like all of that. Um, a sort of bit of, uh, sort of sightseeing I wouldn't really say they were sightseeing but they were kind of doing a bit different but it was much more I think as well about the story of them two traveling together because he didn't spend a lot of time at home when they were kids until the accident and I just thought I thought as a whole it was a really good enjoyable show had the show been on any other channel I would have watched it because of the how of the I would have been like yeah I'll watch that one there in fact it's on National Geographic as well this could have easily just been on the main channel and could have ended up coming to Disney plus in a few month's time and it wouldn't have even you know been like oh yeah that's not it is a it's a good disney plus original it is exactly what i think we need more of i know as much as a lot of people don't like all the national geographic content for some bizarre reason but for i think for us we definitely fall into the bracket of we enjoy all of this um a couple other things like you say about um the lad i think it was at mac um the thing is i think this is the first time he's actually ever done anything on camera he uh was a photographer and so therefore, I think, you know, he was a little bit subdued in the first few, you know, that you can tell the dad knows 
how to be on camera and knows how to ask questions, knows how to try. He's kind of in work mode of trying to get stories out of people and constantly jumping out. Whereas the son's kind of like, I don't know really what I'm doing here, but I'm enjoying just spending this and doing this and taking photographs and stuff. And yeah, he, he, I mean, there was this one whole thing I was just watching last night and, you know, they've ended up having to go in separate cars because I think they had a little bit of an, of an you know, had enough of each other. And I can understand that. I can get how, you know, spending months and months with people um, can cause that kind of thing. But um, anything else from that show that you thought? I want to talk a little bit more about the their relationship a bit because jumping from episode two to episode five, you do actually see a bit of a shift. Uh, I don't know yeah. if the, the shows are actually shot chronologically or if the, that's just kind of how they edit it together. But yeah. but episode five, they're in Lebanon, mm-hmm. and you definitely get that that uh, difference between them that you were talking about. The, there's a, a drone that crashes into a, an apartment complex in the middle of that episode. Just you know, as part of the region and the father instantly goes into reporter mode. Uh, you know, he, he wants to see the crash. He, he takes you on a tour through the, the apartment building. Uh, and he is very much working. Whereas the son's just like, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm not really interested in the drone crash. And he just wanders around town taking pictures and talking to people. And then they also highlight the difference between um, son and son and father, where the son just kind of hangs back a bit when they go to a big rally and the father's just in there making friends and chatting people up yeah. and making connections. Yeah, I think that's definitely knows. I mean, again, it, I think as he's a photographer, he kind of steps back and watches from afar and takes. And that's kind of you know that's how he how he is in his personality. You know, the dad's obviously been trained and has got that much experience, and that's ultimately is what's going to it's going to come down to. And there is that kind of feeling, I think, again of Mac doesn't do being having a little bit less character and can be a little bit i would say quite vanilla he's not he's i mean i wouldn't say neither the i mean i kind of think the dad does have some kind of natural like on-screen sort of thing but the son kind of lacks that kind of thing it hasn't got out of him yet um but i i think as the episodes go on it does improve um and i just like the i like the whole idea of what they've done with this one i think the whole thing of um, with him having the accident and having everything that went on and a new lease of life. I think that's all really cool. Again, I'd never really, I'd never heard of this guy beforehand. He, he was never, you know, ABC News isn't a thing for us. So therefore, um, yeah, I was completely unaware of it. But I think it's kind of pretty cool. Nice to have something I said, for, for grown-ups on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, and I think based on the timeline they were talking about, he got injured in the Iraq War. I think they're talking yeah. about the first one um desert shield and all that which i would have been a kid for so i if if he kind of got knocked out of being a reporter as a result of that then i would not have been aware of him i did want to make one other point uh that the the son had one very good comment at the end of the lebanon episode which i think sums up things really well uh he was taught they were at this rally um for a a fallen hero from the 1970s and it was a, a major event in lebanon and the son was like, I didn't really want to go to this rally because I was afraid. But then I realized it wasn't I wasn't af- afraid of the situation. It's that I'm in a place that I'm unfamiliar with and I'm the outsider. And once he kind of embraced that, he was like, oh, well, no one here is actually trying to hurt me. No one's rejecting me. They're all just like, yeah, come in, join, join the party. And once he recognized that, it's like, oh, yeah, I was able to let it go. And I think that's an important thing for anyone who's traveled outside of their comfort zone. Uh, into another country, maybe where you don't speak the language, 
more often than not, the people out there are just kind of happy to have you there. Yeah, and I'm gonna be honest. Um, I can, I can, I've had that happen to me on numerous occasions um, when I've been out traveling through um, Africa, Asia, and also in, in Latin um, America and stuff. Of, you know, where you are the only uh, sort of tourist there, and people are staring at you, and you know, you are more self-conscious, and you know, but people come up to you and talk to you because they just they you know that that's they you know there is that difference, and I think that's that's whole part of the show. What I've liked is they are going off the beaten track, going and seeing places that most people wouldn't do. Um, there is some elements of you going, yeah, you just, you wouldn't maybe go there maybe on a holiday. But uh, yeah, it's definitely like, I don't know. Yeah, the, the Papua New Guinea episode, um, they, they head off to an island that was formerly inhabited by cannibals, literal cannibals. Mm-hmm. And they, they visit uh, was basically a grave site for all of these yeah. cannibals victims. Like, not going there. Thank you for filming this. I don't need to go there. Well, it's funny because I thought that episode was almost like the closest. That was kind of seen the more sort of tamer one because everything that they were doing, it kind of reminded me when I was out in New Zealand and and out in Australia and you'd, you'd go off and sort of see these sites and stuff. And it was a bit, and you know, the boat rides and all the rest of it going, and I'm going, yeah, this kind of stuff's kind of happening already in other places. And then while... It didn't. It seemed a, a lot more weaker than some of the other episodes because it didn't feel. Partic- it felt a bit more. I know that it wasn't touristy, but it's like well, I've seen this kind of stuff happening elsewhere. Um, it, I don't know. That was that was my only thought on that one. It seemed a lot tamer than the other episodes. It was definitely tamer. Cannibals aside, um, but it also felt like you got a less authentic view of the people there because they they yeah. are more remote tribes. They are tribes that they still interact with modern culture but more on the fringes and so you got the sense that they were very aware of the cameras being there and they were very into performing for the cameras um which definitely does take a little bit out of it but at the same time it was cool to see their culture represented in that way yeah no i thought i thought as a whole it's a good i'm gonna watch the other two episodes um over the weekend and yeah i I just i feel like it was just a really good series and i as I said, had this dropped on to Disney Plus in a few months' time after it aired on National Geographic, I would have watched it anyway. It was something that just, just appealed to me. I understand why there's not really a lot of hype over this series. There's not; it doesn't appeal to a lot of people, which I think is a shame because I'm, I, you know, I'm sure that the numbers on this might not be maybe as good as they maybe need to be, because I can tell just literally from the reactions to. Um, to articles and videos and stuff where I mentioned the word road trip and yeah, it's, it is a little bit crickets and it was funny because and I kind of want to get onto this one. Um, there's been a lot of talk I've seen on social media of kind of people, a lot of Disney fans just really not getting the national geographic content the same way that maybe like we, and I know there's a lot of people out there that are, and I know us two are in that category and it is just that kind of thing of going, Guys, you kind of got to get used to this concept that National Geographic is a part of Disney now. And then we know it's going to be something we're going to, it's, it's a major part of Disney Plus, and it's going to be a major point of content being dropped over the, over the coming years because they have got so much content. They've got a massive library. Um, it's not just all, you know, if you don't like them, that's fine. But um, there is a massive catalogue of stuff. And I'll be honest, I'm loving all this National Geographic content. I'm watching so much of it. It's so weird to me because like it, if National Geographic's or documentaries in general aren't your thing, just ignore it. 
You don't have yeah. to watch it. No one's sitting there and going, you are going to watch Rogue Trip. You can't watch the next episode of The Mandalorian until you watch Rogue Trip. No one's doing that. So if you're ambivalent to it, whatever. I don't care. It's not taking resources from the same pool. We're not not getting Mulan because Rogue Trip is coming out. <laughs> they're they're yeah. completely separate resource piles. And the people getting so offended by it being there, I don't get it. I have to admit, I don't get it. No, it is strange because I'll be honest, you know, if I see a list of TV shows that are coming on in like in August, my eyes are drawn to the Nat Geo shows, the Disney Channel shows, I'm not going to probably watch. So it is that funny thing of going, everyone's excited over, oh, it's all about nostalgia. Like, well, nostalgia only lasts so long for for content until people get bored. You know, I literally had um, a comment um, someone years ago, you know, they they stopped subscribing ages ago because there wasn't nothing new for him and his teenage son anymore. And it's like, this is, again, what we keep talking about. But then that Geo stuff for me is what keeps drawing me back in as an adult viewer. But um, yeah, I think as a whole, um, just Road Trip, what do you, what, if you were to kind of give it a score of what you've seen so far, what would you think? Um, I'd give it a solid 7.58, somewhere in there so far. Yeah. I, I, I definitely say if you're looking for some content and you don't mind something a bit off the beaten trail, uh, mm-hmm. Rogue Trip's definitely a good one to check out. You might, you might find out about a, a place that you hadn't even realized is pretty dang cool, actually. And also, as well as also get some of it is about getting rid of stereotypes and mm-hmm. like what you assume, assume things are like. You might have heard something on the news twenty years ago, and now you think that that's still what that's all it's like for the rest of your life. And things do change. I definitely noticed that in the Lebanon episode. They spent a lot of it in Beirut, and you know, if if they had not specified this was Beirut, I could have been like, you guys are in Miami or, yeah. or London or something like that anywhere. Uh, because the mental image of, of Beirut and Lebanon for a lot of uh, Americans, probably Europeans too, is a place that's constantly getting bombed. And that's just not really true anymore. No, things, things do change, but yeah, definitely worth checking out. Um, I'll be honest. Like, yeah. I kind of give it 3.5, four out of five, because they, I could have, I, they could have like, notched up just a little bit more and it would have been a little bit better but generally yeah i'm impressed with the series um definitely definitely i think on my definite watch list for uh, people so now let's move on to kind of one of the big things that really broke this week was once again release date delays the coronavirus continues to just um just destroy the cinema um experience right now obviously um when all this started happening back in march uh, Disney kind of laid some movies like Mulan. They pushed back to July because they f- thought it might have been over by then. That then didn't happen. They moved it into August. August is quickly just, uh, you know, we're, we're just literally a week away from the beginning of August and things ain't changing anytime soon with uh, California and New York having all their theaters still closed. And just in general, people not wanting to go out. It's just like, yeah, they've started pulling movies. It's been this kind of never-ending thing moving forward of what's going to happen with those release dates. Um, Tenant from Warner Brothers, that kind of got pushed back. Disney then uh, pulled Mulan, uh, and they've pulled it. It's no longer coming to cinemas. Um, they, are, they even put out a little statement saying that they're going to be reassessing um, how they release it because they want, to, they want audiences to see it. Um, I, I would view that personally as it's going to video on demand as a premium rental 
and then coming to Disney Plus shortly thereafter to try and recoup as much cost as possible. The way it was worded, and they'll be announcing stuff soon. Um, I would not be at all surprised if we find that out either in the coming week or possibly the week after when we have the uh, for the financial results. Usually on that day, they like to announce stuff that makes them money. So my guess is on maybe on April 3rd when they have the uh, next investor call, I think it is, they will announce it's coming to premium video on demand to kind of boost up the stock price a little bit. That's usually how that thing works. Yeah, I expect that their Q2 results uh, are not going to be particularly uh, favorable and they're going to need something positive to, to make sure that there isn't just a giant rush on selling their stock off. And that, that's not a Disney specific thing. I think the vast majority of companies are right now scrambling to be like, nope, no, no see positive. We have, we have something good to announce right, right here. Happy. But uh, the, the, the quarterly calls coming up are, uh, it's going to be a massacre. The only thing is, is in some ways, um, pretty much most businesses are in the same boat. So there's going to be a little bit more scope of going, well, we're bad, but everybody's bad. Um, and the only good thing is, in some ways, that since the last one, obviously some of the theme parks have reopened. Um, things, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of a whole other topic. Um, but it's kind of a situation. Well, you know, it's, and it is, I think, a thing that's going to keep moving forward. So they've, they've pulled Mulan. So I suspect that's going to be hitting, like I said, premium video followed by Disney Plus. I wouldn't expect the Disney Plus announcement to be in with the premium on demand because they, if they turn around and say it's like two weeks like they did with, with Onward or a month or whatever, it will just mean people will hold out. So expect the kind of, but I don't think it'll be too long. Essentially, Marvel, uh, sort of Disney can't keep, they can't keep holding everything back because eventually you're going to end up with, it's like 2021 is going to be stacked fully up with too much stuff and 2022 is already I mean as part of this what they've done is Avatar has moved back a whole year and that's then had a knock-on effect because that's now going to be running what 2022 to 24 26 and 28 which also then moves all the Star Wars movies back from 2023 to 2025 to 2027 and then also what's happened now is Spider-Man is free is now taking Avatar's Christmas spot for next year. And yeah, so that's all been moved. They've also reshuffled around a whole load of the 20th Century Studio and Searchlight movies. They've all been reshuffled around a bit. I'm going to be it looks a little bit along the lines of, we'll send them out and see if how they do first before we send our big ones. That's kind of how it looks with the Searchlight ones. Um, so yeah, so if things are moving around all over the place. The thing is with the Avatar ones, they are actually filming them right now down in New Zealand. So production is back underway and, you know, they've got four movies that they're filming. Um, they've also got a lot of work, but they have lost four, maybe four months work of work. And I suspect like many of us that have returned to work, everything's taking longer. Everything's having to, because of social distancing and all the rest of it. Um, I expect they're just like, yeah, we need some more time to get this all done. But yeah, this is just a knock on effect. Just knocked everything back. Um, I would not be at all surprised if we start seeing some more, um, dates change i uh, wouldn't be surprised if black widow ends up moving into february's eternal slots and all the marvel movies get shifted back there's been a lot of rumors all over the internet of soul also maybe becoming a disney plus exclusive because they're not sure about that one then we have new mutants which is still scheduled for august the 28th to come out in cinemas with the words fingers crossed next to it because they had a panel 
this week where they talked about it. They were even sort of taking the mick a little bit of the fact that the movie keeps getting delayed. The fact that they put fingers crossed in the title um, was like, and there was this leaked video that will turn, that might be fake. Um, that's said it was coming to Disney Plus on September the fourth. Um, Disney have said that um, to me personally that it's it's not it's not news and it's fake. But I don't know. I if the things are way going on, I can, I really don't know what's going on. The trouble is with New Mutants is. In some ways, they've either got to send it to Disney Plus or they've got to do premium on demand and then it goes to HBO Max. So it depends what, which way, that, which brings them the most money right now. But yeah, movies are all over the place right now. And it's going to continue. As, as you said, this is not the last delay we're going to see. I think delays are going to continue to be the, uh, the story of the year. And you mentioned like the, the spotlight pictures and things like that. I think actually... Disney, as well as a, a lot of the other major companies, are taking their cue not from uh, internal development, but from Tenet, uh, the movie, the, the Nolan movie. Yeah. It really seems like all the moves uh, that we've seen, not just from Disney, uh, but announcing we're, we're pushing back or we're going to release on video on demand, have all been based on what Tenet does. Because no one wants to be in the week the Tenet opens. Uh, that and most people are considering that like one of the major non-Disney releases of the year, and for whatever reason, that has become like the ripple point. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it either because I've watched the trailer for that movie and I've, I've, you know, it's like Inception. I've seen that movie twice. I still don't have a clue what's going. On. It's kind of one of those things of like, yeah, you know, his movies are good, but um, I think, I think the trouble is again, Mulan's got a whole other issues going on with it. Um, away from all of this and I don't know it's just a very strange time and the only good thing is filming is now starting to kind of pick up as I said Avatar's filming um Tom Holland has recently he's gone out to Germany he's filming the new Uncharted movie so once he's done with that one he's then going to be doing Spider-Man and filming is starting to pick up you know obviously they can go to studios even in America obviously in the UK and stuff as well they can start filming stuff they've got a socially distance and do bits and pieces, but generally things are starting to move. So not everyone's back to fully full strength, but things are moving and they can film, you know, things in audience, maybe not necessarily with audiences, but they can do stuff. Whereas two months ago, they couldn't, they weren't doing any of this. So things are gonna, so that backlog is gonna start building and they've got to get through the backlog and get through it all. But all the stuff they've got building up, you know, you think like something like Jungle Cruise, well, that was supposed to have come out last week. You know, that's not coming out till July next year. Well, that's already in the bank. That's ready to go. You know, they could pull up, pull on that at any given point. So they've pushed that one. But the whole movie release date schedule, I I think, in all honesty, twenty twenty, we it's just done. There is just I don't I cannot see any of the big. I don't think even November. I can't see how they are going to, or if they do, it's going to be premium on demand. And or I think they're just going to shift. But I know the, the cinemas are there saying. You have to, they have to release the movies. If they don't release the movies, there's going to be no cinemas left. And <laughs> I can imagine like Warner Brothers and Sony going, well, we're not going to roll the dice on just, you know, try to save you. We're trying to save ourselves at this point. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's like, you were sorry, guys, you're on your own. We'll buy you out later. <laughs> yep. And uh, it certainly looks like week to week, Bad Boys for Life is going to be the top grossing movie of the year. Uh, and the Oscars are going to have like 10 movies total because there's nothing going to be released. I bet you there's going to be yeah. a whole bunch of releases like in the last two weeks of December in like 
50 well, theaters. Well, apparently they, kind of they have made, um, the Oscars have, they've been delayed, but also they have made a ruling that they've made a special thing that streaming movies are eligible for everything this year. Um, because right, they, well, they've kind troll- of read the room that there might not be a lot of Trolls World Tour for Best Movie of the Year. There you go. Yeah. Um, and, and one other thought, this is total tangent. Um, if there is not a scene in Uncharted where uh, Nathan Drake is like doing some rock climbing and you see he has to jump over and he just like flings himself into the oblivion, <laughs> I will be very upset because I think that killed me more in the Uncharted games than like everything else combined. Oh, yeah, as someone that has played like the what was it the four, five Uncharted games, yeah, I'm looking forward to that movie and just seeing how they do it. And plus, Tom Holland, you can't go wrong with Tom Holland. Yeah, but yeah, it is just this really weird thing of what's going on right now of just you know everything has been pushed back because this is a, a lot of people are saying well they should just release everything. It's like if they release everything now, they'll have nothing for to do next year because all the filming has been messed up. So they're kind of protecting themselves as well for next year uh, but also there's only so many movies that people will go see i think there was an, an article out earlier this week about the average u.s person only goes to the cinema four times a year and disney generally like to have those four movies for themselves um you know disney like those big tent tempo events event movies that everyone goes and sees and right now those are just not likely to be there um and it's like for us over here, the cinemas have reopened. I've got no no desire to go and sit in an air-conditioned room with other people right now. And I think most people are in that same thing. Um, and as much as cinemas are shouting, Disney Plus, and this is the other, a lot of people go, it's been on Disney Plus. I'm like, it doesn't really bring much money extra in. Um, Disney Plus is still running at a loss and will do for another couple of years. So premium on demand is the only real way of getting real money back. Obviously, Hamilton Spikes did bring in people. And they want, anyway, that will continue to happen. Will the one and only Ivan bring a lot of people in? I don't know. I can't imagine it will bring in the same amount of people as Hamilton or Mulan. But Disney have got, a, got that line to, bat, to draw and to sort of step on with all these release dates. Well, um, speaking of Hamilton, why don't we use that as kind of a jumping point here? Because we've seen previously now Disney seems to be looking at these musicals, these broadways as um, not easy content, but available content. Uh, And one of the announcements this week, of course, was uh, Aladdin popping on here. Yeah, well, that was it wasn't it wasn't announced by um, Disney, but it was um, it was by another uh, production. And they filmed this in London last year. And it was the Lang show. Um, I actually, I did actually go see that show a couple of years ago. I really enjoyed it. So it's in the can. It's just sat there on the on the shelf, ready for the pressing the button to go. And apparently, it's going to be coming later this year. And you look at that and go, yeah, they are. That's so going to be a big one for maybe holiday season or something like that because they've got something in the can. The concept of releasing it at cinemas, I can't see how that would work. A, you're not allowed to sing. That's kind of one of the rules over here. It's not, you're not allowed to do any singing. And so therefore they are filling a, a room up with people singing would not really go down very well. So therefore a Disney Plus release would make a lot of sense. Because um, I don't even think premium on demand. I don't think it's that kind of content. But yeah, so Aladdin the live uh, version. For, it's already filmed. They filmed it last year. I can't, it's just a case of when rather than if, I think. Yeah, and I think in terms of like Disney Broadway, the only thing that would necessarily be bigger than it 
uh, would possibly be the Lion King on Broadway or um, Frozen, but I don't think they have a recorded copy of uh, Frozen Broadway. Well, that's the thing. I mean, they could, they, those are two things that they could end up going, right, okay, we're going to film these, they're going to make two versions of them. Frozen is done in, in New York. That's not returning. Um, so that makes it a little bit more tricky. They could film it and they could, and without an audience, and that could work quite well, I, I would imagine, especially when filming kind of lightens up a little bit. I wouldn't be at all surprised if we get some more of them uh, next year, because that's this is the other thing. They're going to have to do essentially as much cheap content as they possibly can to fill Disney Plus up quickly, because obviously all these big dramas are delayed and stuff. So I think getting a, a production of The Lion King going and doing that would be a, a much more sense. And if there are big hits, I mean, why they haven't done it already? We know they were going to be a big success, but it almost in some ways like we're frozen going, yeah, you kind of could do like finish wrapping that up, maybe get the cast together one more time and do one sort of swan song kind of thing with Frozen. And to be honest, um, not that it would be the best solution. They could even pull the one from the Hyperion Theater in Disneyland. Uh, it's a, a, an abbreviated yeah. version. It's not a true Broadway production, but in terms of content, they've got to have a recorded copy of it, as well as Aladdin that was before it. Something that they could put up super cheap and people would actually want to watch. Yeah, I mean, they've got other ones like, like Mary Poppins. I thought that, that one's returning. That one's just returned to I have no idea. London. Um, I, did, I did actually go see uh, Mary Poppins on Broadway when we were there in New York last. So, um, you know, there's all these different stage shows. I think we're going to see a lot more of this, I think. And especially with, I mean, Broadway shut down for the rest of the year. Uh, the West End, I mean, I know Andrew Lloyd Webber's been asking for them all to reopen and all the rest of it. But, I, yeah, I mean, they're talking like October time. So and I, I just don't think people are going to be going in the same numbers. But, yeah, so that's what I said. The release dates, everything's up in the air. Everything's moving around. As per usual with everything. You just got to accept it for when it arrives rather than um, when the delays hit because it's happening to everything. Right, moving on from there. Marvel Storyboards. Uh, uh, the first episode arrived this week. Not maybe where we thought it would do. It arrived on YouTube with Hugh Jackman. This one jumped to YouTube. It did a Jedi uh, challenge. Uh, oh, this is this is just like one of those things are going, why? 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 Why is this? Like, why would you take... A, a TV series that you've made and it's, you've all got it in the can and give it away on YouTube and they kind of go, we're giving it to you for free. It's like, really? It's like, that's two shows they've given to you. You know, you go, two shows to YouTube, two shows to Hulu. It's like, you, and everyone's shouting, where's everything on Disney Plus? It's like, why? I don't know. I know the Jedi Temple one, they've been getting about a million views of each of those episodes and they want to get content out there, but it's just really strange to see them doing things like this. Yeah, certainly not what I was expecting. Uh, and I haven't watched it. I, I don't really intend to watch it on YouTube. Not not for any moral reason. It's just... It, <laughs> for I would watch it for this show if it was yeah. on Disney+. Plus. But I'm like, I'm, I'm not bothering with the YouTube version. Uh, yeah, that, I was just going to add, it's, it's been seen as of right now, the first episode, 128,000 times. I mean, that's, that, it's not a million, but that's still not exactly a small uh, yeah. number. I do have to admit, um, Joe Quisada, the the main attraction of it, he was the uh, editor-in-chief of Marvel way back in the beginning of 2000, basically saw it through the resurgence of Marvel before the movies. So the X-Men movie came out, I think, under his watch, and then, but not until Iron Man did things go really nuts. 
And a lot of people forget Marvel was coming off of bankruptcy from the late 90s. That's why all the properties are all over the place and whatnot. But I will never really be able to forget the joke was out along with Bill Jemis, who was, a, I think, the CEO of Marvel at the time. He was at least one of the major yeah. business bigwigs. Uh, adopted a policy of we need to get Marvel in the news as much as possible. And that meant anything and everything. There was no bad news. Uh, we didn't have the term at the time, but clickbait was the name of the game. And I absolutely, it drove me nuts as a comics fan. And I was working at a comic shop at the time and I hate, hated both of them. I understood it had to be done. They, they needed to pull Marvel out of bankruptcy and rebuild the brand. And they did, uh, which is great. I just hated the way they did it. And I, once Bill Jemis got out of the picture, Bill was uh, sorry. Joe Quesada kind of um, smoothed down and and took a back seat and just went on doing EIC stuff and wasn't really public anymore. But ah, uh, yeah, really. I think for, yeah, in fact, for me, the trouble is with this series is the Hugh Jackman one is the first one, and then every episode after that because there's going to be two seasons. I didn't. I don't know any of them. I'll be honest. I you know as much as I read comics and stuff, I don't. I never really paid too much attention. To the names and stuff of who did it um but once you've kind of got hugh jackman out of the way there's not really any big names so hugh jackman is going to be the biggest episode the other one it's just this really weird thing of going why like moving stuff to youtube just feels i know they obviously they're going to make and it's look, looking at it again but they managed to find a sponsor for the show i think state farm and they're going to make adsense and stuff off of the video it's like along the lines of, yeah, we're just going to try and make a little bit of money on this before we put it on. on Because they'll probably end up going to Disney Plus once they've finished. Because they always say the word debut, rather than it's not exclusive, it's a debut. The same thing for Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge of going, they debuted on there. So therefore they can move them to Disney Plus if they want to. It just feels like a very strange move to do while, I mean, I know, yeah, well, it's during a pandemic and we're giving you something. It's like, yeah, but what about the people that pay for something they would quite like um, a new show? Maybe they just, I don't know. It's just very strange to see shows move from Disney Plus to YouTube for, be given away for free. It doesn't seem to make a lot of I, sense. I presume that this will make its way over to Disney Plus along with Jedi uh, Hidden Temple, whatever it's called. Um, I, I forgot the name. I, I In my head, it's Legend of the Hidden Temple Jedi Edition because uh, that's what I grew <laughs> up with. Uh, I'm sure that those will come over to Disney plus possibly when the first season of each yeah. one ends, something like that. But yeah, it's definitely a weird thing. I don't know if, if it's working for them. Cool. I, I, I have no idea if the, if that million hits on the, the Jedi temple stuff uh, turns into Disney plus subscriptions, or if, if simply getting YouTube ad revenue justifies it enough. I mean, a million sounds like a lot, but actually in terms of YouTube ad revenue, that is, not Disney money. Yeah, and I mean, it's that thing of a million views. Um, yeah, it's not bad, but you were talking probably hundreds, maybe a thousand. You know, that sh let's just be honest. If that, was, if that show was by any other YouTuber, you could not afford, you'd be bankrupt making a show like Jedi Temple Order to put onto YouTube. There's a reason why you don't see shows like that on there is because it just, it's just very strange. I mean, I think Disney right now, and maybe this is kind of the idea of they've just, Everyone said, right, we need you to give something to the people for free just to keep them happy. And that's what it feels like. Um, you've all got to pick one show and send it, to, send it to people for free. And I think that might just be as far as it goes. I don't know, very strange move. I don't get it myself. Um, 
why you'd want this is the problem i think sometimes disney's got they've got too many avenues going out and you know they've got the networks they've got the movies they've got video on demand they've got net uh, disney plus they've got um other networks that they're putting things on you know making deals rather than whereas netflix is focused on one thing um and that's it i mean there's one thing putting out trailers and stuff on youtube but just seems very strange to kind of um just do this but yeah nevertheless moving on from there um kind of an interesting news was uh two new miraculous movies now these are lady bug and cat noir these is an animated series which is very popular um first three seasons are currently on netflix in the u.s though they are available on internationally on disney plus they air on the disney channel disney plus now has the rights to seasons four and five and the other seasons will be coming at some point as well to everybody. But there's also two new movies. One is based in New York, another one based is in Shanghai, and they've got, I think, like pay one window for the Disney Channel and also Disney Plus, which was just nice to see. You know, Disney are going around picking up anything they can make sense for them because they've already had an existing deal um, in like Europe and Asia and stuff. So, yeah, just kind of nice to see something coming in like that. Yeah, uh, I'm aware of the series um not something i've ever watched and i didn't realize it was up to five seasons already actually but hey it, it's content it's very popular content all for it and maybe i'll check them out uh i hope that the movies are accessible for people not having seen the seasons given that the age range they're targeting i'm going to assume they are though yeah, I'll be, yeah it's, it's, it's nothing I would watch, but it's just nice to see kind of something happening. And also just the idea that they've kind of, they can air it on the Disney Channel, but also on Disney Plus and kind of, because I think that's what we're going to start seeing more of. Um, but also just like, another thing I just want to bring up about the Disney Channel, there's a new movie called Upside Down Magic coming to Disney Channel uh, next week. And it would be like, well, it would make, you know, sense for them to be put on this Disney Plus, but as per usual with Disney Channel stuff, everything's a lot slower. Be interesting to see how this works in terms of how quickly it arrives on Disney Plus, because it's going to be arriving on Disney Plus in Australia just a few weeks later, which makes sense because they've not got the Disney channels. And I think this will make sense then going forward, like with like the UK next year, when we don't have the channels and stuff, of how quickly things start appearing. And, you know, will this six month thing that Disney Channel have got? Will it start speeding up? I don't know, but I'm assuming things will start speeding up soon um, as Disney Channel starts shutting down. But also, as I just realized, there's one thing putting it all on the network and then, but leaving it there for six months. And, you know, things like Zombies 2, you know, is arriving next month in the US. You know, that was released back in February. You know, and it's like, it just seems very strange sometimes of the political side of what's going on within the networks. Yeah, and... I'm not even going to try to wrap my head around it. Honestly, I'd... there's got to be there's got to be some weird inner off inter office politics going on there of when they can release things and how they can release things. And Disney Channel wants to maintain certain amounts of control and blah blah blah. It's just, yeah, it's, just it just get it on there. And the thing is, as well with this, is you can see that that's changing internationally as the channels are closing that it's like, it's going to become less and less that they are going to be able to have that because it's going to be like, well, you they're going to have to put it on Disney Plus in all these countries much quicker because it's like, well, why not? You can't put it anywhere else. So hopefully things will start moving around a little bit more. And we see that when 
a bit quicker. Because I think having, you know, had they put Upside Down Magic onto Disney Plus on the same day, I think that would have been a really big hit. I think that would have been been able to kind of time with all of this. But moving on from there, there's another new show coming to Disney Plus in the fall. It was announced on the Disney Park blog that um, Magic, I'm oh, sorry, I keep saying Magic. It is. Uh, the Magic of the Animal Kingdom show, which has been filmed by National Geographic, all about all the animals and stuff over at the Animal Kingdom Park and also at Epcot as well. It's a brand new series. Uh, no real date for that one. But yeah, just again, something that we can look forward to this fall. I love learning about stuff going on at the park. I like watching animal shows. So kind of combine the two things together. I think this one sounds pretty cool. I'm 100% down for this. I remember watching... Um some documentaries on the parks way back in the early uh, late 2000s so we're talking like 2008 2009 i wasn't as big into the disney parks as i am now so i didn't really know what was going on and we watched uh one on the animal kingdom and they were talking about how they uh you know they set up the displays Mm -hmm. so that uh you can see the animals most of the time you know that they try to to make it so the animals are always available but also have their privacy, but you're also hiding like how they're being fed and stuff like that. And I really wish it had gone into more detail into that kind of thing. Cause it's just, it's fun seeing that kind of thing. And this show, I'm hoping we'll touch on that a little bit. In addition to just being like, here's a lion. Uh, we have these three lions and you know, this is how they handle it. And this is how we keep the lions from eating all the other animals and yeah. stuff like that. Well, I like these kind of shows. I mean, I've been watching like secret, uh, secrets of the zoo the London edition, and I haven't started on the US version, that's on Disney Plus yet. Also, literally last night, we were watching the Crikey show, which is all about the, about the Australia Zoo, the Steve Irwin, yeah, and I used to love that show. So this is something like, I would watch, you know, something about the Animal Kingdom, bang on. I like watching shows about zoos, so um, <laughs> this is just like a must have. Also, Marvel 616, we got two new uh, sort of sneak peeks at them. There was also a panel at San Diego Comic-Con. Coming to Disney Plus in September. Now, interestingly with this one, um, the press release didn't include a release date. Marvel.com did have a release date. I think it was like September the 25th. The release date was then removed from the website and it now just says September. And the, So we're kind of going to have to um, play, see what's happening with this one. Um, it's another kind of documentary series from like looking at um, behind the scenes of Marvel and all the rest of it kind of it seems very similar to actually marvel storyboards but we'll have to wait and see but yeah just another marvel show coming to disney plus though again whenever these kind of things drop generally everyone goes this is we want falcon of the winter soldier why is one division <laughs> we don't want this stuff um but yeah so marvel 616 that's coming soon also um just also a quick update on lizzie mcguire she uh, the actress hello duff um took part in a uh, magazine interview and she said that Disney are still carrying on and want to make the new series. They've been doing lots of meetings over the kind of the lockdown and they're all excited about it. And to be honest, it sounds a little bit more along the lines of the creative side of actually been able to sit there and talk about the, what they want from the show, maybe rather than what seems to have maybe happened of going, here's some money, go make it. <laughs> they just thought, we're filming it. Yeah, dude, we haven't actually got a script yet, but we're gonna. <laughs> um, it sounds like they've kind of got on board. They've sorted that out, whatever their issues are. Uh, Disney, I've, I would imagine maybe back down a little bit. They've maybe backed down a little bit and met in the middle, which is what they needed. Um, Lizzie McGuire needed to be on Disney Plus, not on uh, Hulu. 
And I also think maybe they just, and, I, they, and I've said this before, uh, whatever was going on at Disney Plus at the start of the year, I think their attitudes have changed a little bit by the sounds of things. And they are a little bit more open to some more uh, mainstream adult content. And hopefully they just sort of sorted all this out. Yeah, I, I think this is good news all around. Uh, Lizzie McGuire on Hulu just wouldn't be the same thing. It, everyone knows it as a Disney show and mm. being able to have the follow-up, even if it is more mature than the original mm. on the Disney plus alongside the original show is mm. the way to go. And I'm glad that they've sorted hopefully things out. Uh, Hillary Duff sounds like she's very enthusiastic. Now the, the last update we had, she was, yeah. Uh, not quite so enthusiastic maybe a, a little negative even uh, but she's she sounds like she's much more um, happy with the way things are going I'm sure she had to make some concessions just like Disney did but that's how these kind of things go I mean gonna be honest there was one of those situations with this show if you cannot film a tv show about a 30 year old year old woman living in New York and treat it the same as a tv show where she's 14 living in a it's like I know they can't, you know, yeah, they can still keep it like Disney Channel-esque, but that's not the whole concept of what where she is takes that away from that. You know, you can you can keep things slightly, fa- you know, family friendly, but there still has to be an element of realism about being a thirty-year-old adult and not being um, a kid. And I think that was just going forward what they needed to. I do think, as a whole, it's like I still keep questioning the fact of would the people at Disney Plus now have allowed Love Victor and High Fidelity onto the platform where they maybe didn't back in January. And I do a really question of like, Hamilton is really kind of, and all the X-Men movies that are dropping in the US right now, you're kind of going, eh, yeah, you can't, you can't do that. And then they say that it's like, no, you've made it, you've, they've made a choice here. They've definitely made a choice. I think it is the right one in this case. And it's perfectly fine for a company to, to do a, a turn on this based on feedback, people going, no, we, we don't want this to just be the Mickey Mouse Club. We want stuff for us too. And I think that, that is underappreciated when, when companies are willing to say, okay, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll listen to you on this one. Also, I, I think it's important that, that the company recognizes uh, if you're going to do a Lizzie McGuire 30-year-old uh, show, that the audience for that is not going to be kids. It's going to be the people who grew up with Lizzie McGuire and they don't want to have the rehash of the problems Lizzie McGuire had as a teenager, as a 30 year old, they want to be able to, to watch the show and go, these are the kind of issues that I relate to having to deal with as maybe a late twenties or an early 30 year old myself. Yeah. Such as backache and you know, (laughs) things. Yeah, things. Um, last one. Um, there is a new Halloween movie being um, filmed soon called Spooked. This one literally broke just before I went to bed last night before we recorded. So it's, um, it's going to be a supernatural comedy. It is being um, made and directed by Peter Foote, who previously worked on the Irish comedy The Young Offenders. Um, apparently, they, on Halloween night while they're trick-or-treating, they, the people are transformed into whatever costumes they are wearing. So, um, yeah, so... Could be fun. Uh, there's, there's definitely a, a gap in the Disney line in regards to Halloween. Um, you've got The Nightmare Before Christmas and you've got Hocus Pocus. Uh, that's about it. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a couple of random specials, but 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the question is, I can't realistically see this happening this Halloween. I can't, you know, they aren't going to be able to wrap this up in six, eight weeks and get any, if there's any visual effects stuff put together, unless this is a full on like Hallmark Christmas movie kind of thing territory. But, um, no, <laughs> to be honest, from my point of view with, with Disney, a Halloween and a Christmas movie a year is kind of, you guys should be, that's just a given. They should just have a movie out at Halloween, regardless of it. Same thing for Christmas. It's just what people will want. Um, they don't necessarily, they don't have to be big epic blockbusters. So yeah, I just, just I mean, there's no, there was no chance of them getting Hocus Pocus 2 this year because everything was going on. And I think Spooked, hopefully it'll just mean they've got a few more things for next year. But a nice little added bonus before, um, it's just nice to hear more stuff in production for Disney Plus. Um, also, just a quick note: I just, it was one thing. I was going through the list of stuff coming to August, and I don't know necessarily, but there's actually four movies coming to Disney Plus in August, as it is, because we've got Howard, we've also got the Phileas and Ferb movie, Magic Camp, whatever that is, and also we've got so what's that? Phileas and Ferb, Howard. Oh, and the one and only Ivan, which apparently I've just been messaged by one of the mods. Apparently it's a little bit delayed in the Netherlands. It's going to be arriving in September. I think that's again going to be down to uh, voiceover stuff. But yeah, we've got four Disney Plus originals dropping right through August. So it's this kind of thing like everyone goes, there's no movies like, oh my God, I'm like, well actually, Disney Plus has got four original movies. Um, they're all very different. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking, well, that's quite a lot for August. No actually, it is quite a bit. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, at least two of them are popping on the same day as well, which yeah. may not be the well, you, best Well, you know what was the funny? Because last week when we were recording, you said to me, one and only, I had one and only Ivan on the, on the page wrong. And I quickly edited it because it was on the 21st and it was on the 14th on the official web. They changed the release date and I have noticed. That was the thing. It was when they announced it. It was on the 21st. And then they rejigged it and moved it a week forward. It didn't make a thing about it, so that's why it, that's and that was because it was one of the really things. Like a, it was like live when we were doing the podcasting, just like and the, I, I just really like, I thought, oh, I made a mistake and just you know carried on. It wasn't until a bit later on, I go, no, they actually had changed the because when I was going through and checking one of the last um, uh, websites just to make sure I had it right on the article, I went, oh, they changed it. <laughs> so yeah, I still don't understand what they're doing. Magic, I would not be surprised if Magic Camp shifts back another week. Um, they've not even released a trailer on that. I mean, that is, if you're going to shadow drop a movie, um, I mean, it must be, it's either really bad and they don't want to advertise it or, but yeah, dropping two movies on the same day does seem a bit odd. Yeah. I mean, it'd be one thing if it was a back catalog movie and a regular movie, like, you you know, you drop X-Men 2 at the same time. That's fine because, you know, most of the people who've already seen it uh, are just happy to have it there. They're not going to immediately watch it. Just, you know, glad to have the X-Men catalog and then you can watch the new one, if that's what you're interested in, but having two new movies on the same day is just—it's awkward. It's definitely got the feel of we're just going to put this here and hope you don't notice how bad it is. Yeah, and I also think this is a one thing that's going to happen if New Mutants does jump to Disney Plus. It won't be on the 28th because you got the Phileas and Ferb movie. They'll push it back to that following week. But also interesting as well, and I'm still wondering with that movie, of internationally, we don't have the HBO problem. So it's going to be arriving on Disney Plus probably anyway, at some point in the future. Um, even like, for example, Spies in the Skies got added to Disney Plus in Italy yesterday. 
So things, you know, internationally, we don't have the same problems that there are obviously deals in place and non-exclusive deals and things like that. But New Mutants will come to Disney Plus internationally much quicker than it will do in the US. But whether or not it makes the jump, we'll have to wait and see. There was no big announcement during the big panel, but I mean, the way everything is, who knows what's going on. I do feel like Disney cannot delay that movie one more time. It just... I mean, there's one thing going, yeah, we're going to delay it a week and it's going to be on Disney Plus will be accepted by people. But yeah, we're going to push it back. Yeah, no. And I don't think it's really the movie to get everyone back into the cinemas. No, it, it's it's a meme at this point. It's straight up a meme. And the content that they did show, uh, they, they showed a couple minute teaser. I think it's yeah. right from the beginning. And then they had a new trailer and I was just watching this like, okay, the stuff with magic might be cool just as a fight scene. But the rest of this, just the stuff they chose to show us, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> also, just yeah, something else I noticed today, but I haven't actually seen it yet, is the new, um, the first trailer for Hellstrom has just dropped oh, um, for Hulu, which is going to be coming in October. Also, very interesting as well. There is never any mention of Hulu, of Marvel in the title or in the uh, intro or anything. They are keeping this as far away from the Marvel brand as humanly possible. Well, that's a bit. To, to be honest, I was very surprised that they announced Hellstrom in the first place. I mean, it, mm. it's the name alone immediately kind of raises some hackles um, and he's an obscure character. Uh, it'd be one thing if they tied it in with Jessica Jones, cause he has a history with Patsy Walker, one of the, yeah. the main uh, secondary characters in that show. But I mean, they're obviously not doing Netflix shows right now. And mm. I very much doubt Patsy Walker, or if they do have Patsy Walker, it's not going to be the, the, the Netflix version. And I was just like, someone wasn't paying attention when they greenlit this show, probably. <laughs> well, the thing is now, obviously, Marvel is now completely all being controlled by Kevin Feige. There is no more. Uh, this, this is kind of like one of, the, one of the last remains of anything, anything that he could cancel has been cancelled that wasn't already cost money. And I think that was just generally how it was going. But nevertheless, that's going to wrap up this week's show. And make sure, again, you do hit that subscribe button on whichever platform you are watching on. Make sure you join us over on our Facebook group as well. We have just under 135,000 members, so be sure to um, join in on the discussions over there. And if you haven't already done so, make sure you also, if you could, uh, support us over at Patreon as well. As a dollar a month, we get access to exclusive videos, um, early videos, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, and a lot more. And on that note, guys, thank you very much for watching. We'll see you guys soon. Later. Later.